on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team and that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games... That they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a warning that this podcast contains references that some listeners may find distressing. Today on the Indo-Daily... New developments in the disappearance of Cork woman Tina Satchwell. On the news at 12.30 this lunchtime, remains believed to be human discovered in the investigation into the suspected murder of Tina Satchwell. 45-year-old Tina Satchwell vanished from her home in Yall, County Cork, in March 2017. When I returned, something like two hours later, she just wasn't there. I found her keys on the ground as I went through the front door. So I just said she's gone out for a walk and... When she didn't come back, naturally you get a bit sickly feeling. Despite a large-scale Garda investigation, what happened to Tina had remained a mystery. This is an extremely strange case. I mean, it would appear she disappeared into thin air. It sure is, Keelan, yes. Uh, Our family are very concerned for her. But now there are significant new developments in the case. Within the last minutes, it's been confirmed that a man in his 50s was arrested at an address in Yall and is being detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act of 1984. Now that gives Gardy 24 hours to question him. I'm Fiona Sheen, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Irish Independent Southern correspondent Ralph Regal in Yall to talk us through these latest events. Ralph Regal, fairly dramatic developments in Yall this morning. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, this investigation is certainly moving at a pace and on. Of course, on Tuesday, uh, this was upgraded by Gardaí from a missing persons investigation to a murder investigation. Now, Gardaí were playing their cards very close to their chest in terms of the reasons for that. But those reasons also prompted uh, an arrest and also prompted a major search of a property in Yall. And this morning, um, though that property had been sealed off on Tuesday and had been, had been subjected to a very detailed analysis and inspection and in, in some areas of the house, even an excavation over the past three days. This morning, there was significant activity at the property. And around 11 a.m., the state pathologist, Dr. Margaret Bolster, arrived. Now, she was accompanied by a senior member of the investigation team and also by a forensic anthropologist, Dr. Laureen Buckley. Now, they went into the house at 11 a.m. to examine material that had been found by Gardaí as part of their searches. And it has been confirmed within the last hour that Gardaí are now treating um, that material as suspected human remains. Now, the house remains sealed off. 
the remains will be very carefully uh, excavated and removed from the property. They'll be taken to Cork University Hospital for a full forensic examination. And of course, the focus will be on determining are these remains recent or are they historic? Of course, Yall is a very old seaport, very historic place. So are the remains old or are the moraines much more recent? And then they'll be doing DNA analysis to determine are these remains some way connected to the disappearance of Tina Satchwell? And literally, Ralph, breaking news. Within the last minutes, it's been confirmed that a man in his 50s was arrested at an address in Yall. Now, we understand that that was a, a hotel here in the East Cork town. Now, that man is aged in his 50s. He was arrested and is being detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act of 1984. Now, that gives Gardy 24 hours to question him. He's been taken to a Garda station in East Cork, where he will now be questioned. Uh, Garda are describing it as a significant development in the case. And they've also stressed that the, the ongoing direction of the case will be determined by the results of forensic and DNA tests on the suspected human remains, which have been brought to Cork University Hospital and uh, the identification of those remains. And th- this is not an isolated location, Ralphim. This house is in the middle of what is a sizable town in East Cork. Yeah, very much so. I'm actually sitting in my car uh, speaking to you at the moment and the house is about 100 metres away. And the house is not that far from the waterfront here in Yall. It's on a very busy main street uh, as you come into the town. Uh, of course, there's a lot of busy streets in Yall, but it's on one of them. And to to pursue their investigation, what Gardy have had to do is they've erected a temporary structure in front of the property and that's been covered in very heavy um, tarpaulin or plastic sheeting. Now that sheeting was extended this morning from around 9am to 10am uh, to, to basically allow Garda vehicles to park outside the property and not be observed by the public. But there's still quite a large crowd of local people gathered to look and see what's happening and of course given the pace of developments it has dominated the news headlines here in Cork for the last uh, in Ireland in fact for the last couple of days Y'all I mean traditionally best known for its for its seafront and its carpets but yeah it's really been catapulted into the news headlines for other reasons to County Cork and that story we've been reporting on our news bulletins Garthi they're continuing to question a man arrested on suspicion of murdering 45-year-old Tina Satchwell. She's been missing from her Cork home in Yall since March 2017. Tell us more about the arrest earlier on in the week and, and what played out there. Uh, of course, Tina Satchwell has been missing for six years, almost six and a half years, and it was very dramatic developments really since Tuesday. Um, Gardy confirmed that they were treating it as a murder investigation, which was a major upgrade. Uh, at the same time, they also confirmed that a man in his 50s had been arrested. Now, he was detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act of 1984, and that gave Gardy 24 hours to question him. Now, he was taken to Cove Garda Station. Uh, he did not avail of rest breaks or food breaks, which basically meant that the 24-hour period ran chronologically. Um, and at five o'clock yesterday, Gardy had to make a decision to either charge or release the man. Now, he was released from custody without charge, and he left Cove Garda Station without comment. Now, again, the, the property has remained under a very um, detailed inspection for the past three days. And to give you an example of the level of um, detail involved in this and how extensive the search operation is, the property has not only been sealed off, they have this plastic sheeting across the ground floor. Um, there's been heavy digging equipment brought in. There's been two mini diggers. 
there has been a mobile uh, refuse unit brought in to help remove the debris that's been excavated by Gardaí. There's also been kango hammers, drills brought in, and also a machine to basically deal with any overgrowth in the back garden because the indications are that not only is the interior of the house being excavated, but there's also excavations in the garden. This is rather similar to a, an archaeological dig, uh, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. The man who was arrested then, he, he was accompanied by his solicitor throughout his, his, his period of questioning? Yeah, very much so. Uh, he had a solicitor. Um, now, we have no idea um, as regards what went on within those interview rooms, but I think it was significant that he was released without charge. Um, but the developments today certainly will see, I think, further guard activity over the next 24 to 48 hours. A lot will depend on the results of the tests going to be conducted in Cork University Hospital, but certainly um, Gardaí are looking at this as a very significant development in the case. And a combination here of local Gardaí, uh, Inyall, uh, Gardaí out from Cork City and specialist Gardaí units down from Dublin as well. You can certainly see that Gardaí are throwing everything at this investigation. You have some of the most experienced detectives in Ireland are involved in this. You have very experienced members of the Garda Technical Bureau who are going through the house with a fine-tooth comb. Um, you have a lot of other Garda support units that are here. Um, for instance, you have Garda, the Garda Dog Unit. Uh, a specialist sniffer dog was brought onto the property as part of the excavation and search effort. Um, every element of the house, including drains, are being examined. And we saw just literally about an hour ago, there was specialist breathing equipment brought into the property to obviously aid officers who are going to be looking at things like the septic and the drains and whatever underground channels are in the property. So dramatic developments all week and we wait to see what happens from here. Can you take me back to the origins of this case then? When did Tina Satchwell disappear? Yeah, everything in this phenomenon dates back to March the 20th of 2017. And Tina Satchwell, she was a 45-year-old lady. She was originally from Formoy in North Cork, which is probably about 20, 25 miles from Yall. Um, as a teenager, she had moved to the UK. And when she was in the UK, uh, she met and fell in love with uh, her future husband, Richard, Richard Satchwell. Now, they married in the UK and the couple, having lived there for a period of time, decided to move back to Ireland. So they had lived for quite a lengthy period of time in North Cork in Formoy. But a number of years uh, before 2017, they decided to relocate to Yall. And I think it was very much for lifestyle reasons. They both adored the coast. They loved the beach. And they moved uh, to Yall with their menagerie of pets. Uh, Tina loved her pets, um, in particular her pet dog, Ruby. But there was a lot of other pets in the house, I think, including a pet parrot. And they were quite a high-profile couple in Yall. Um, they attended a lot of car boot sales. Tina was particularly known for her her dress sense. She was very much into style and she would uh, frequent um, boutiques, charity shops, whatever, as part of her search for um, items for her wardrobe. And of course, she herself and her, her pet dog, Ruby, were a constant um, scene on the, the promenade and the, the strand in Yall uh, as Tina would take the animal for its daily exercise. Yeah, Yall, for anybody who has, who's not familiar with East Cork, a fabulous Victorian era promenade on a superb beach as well. She would have been noticed walking up and down the, the prom, given her fashion sense and, and her small dogs. 
Yeah, very much so. She was quite a kind of high-profile uh, figure and character, you, you probably should say, within y'all. And what happened was that on March the 20th, 2017, uh, Richard Satchwell said that his wife had asked him to go on an errand to Dungarvan, um, a West Waterford town, literally only down the road. Uh, he said when he came back to their home in y'all, there was no sign of Tina. And what was odd was that she had apparently left her keys in the house, her mom mobile phone was left behind but most importantly her pet dog Ruby was there and the story was that Tina would never go anywhere without her pet dog Ruby Richard said that he believed she had gone to visit her relatives in Formoy when there was no sign of her after four days uh, and he realised that she actually wasn't in Formoy the alarm was raised and Gardaí were notified so really from about March the 24th onwards there was a major search uh, operation for Tina um, you know listeners to this podcast would, would remember there was multiple high profile appeals not just on through the Irish Independent and Independent.ie but across all types of uh, broadcast and social media platforms in Ireland Gardaí uh, issued multiple different appeals. There was offshore searches at one point. Guy, the divers have just resumed their search of the foreshore here in Yall in the past couple of minutes. They've been on the water since 10 o'clock this morning with the support of members of the local Irish Coast Guard unit who were walking the foreshore at a separate location to the harbour here. And then there was a very high profile search in March of 2018 at Mitchell's Wood, which is just outside Castle Martyr in East Cork. And for 10 days, Gardaí conducted a painstaking examination of a woodland uh, amid indications that there might be some clues there uh, as regards Tina's whereabouts. Unfortunately, nothing of significance was found in that search of the woodland. And really what had happened was the case had reverted to annual appeals on the anniversary of Tina's disappearance and on her birthday and around Christmas for appeals for information as to her whereabouts. Now, again, it was a very extensive missing persons uh, investigation. Gardy had gone through hundreds of hours of CCTV security camera footage. There was, I think, over 400 lines of inquiry. There was over 150 different interviews were conducted. Gardaí examined CCTV footage from train stations, bus stations, ports, airports here in Ireland. No trace of Tina. They had even contacted the UK authorities and they had followed up in various addresses in the East Midlands in the UK where Tina had used to live. Again, with no inkling at all or no clue as regards uh, Tina's whereabouts. So that really is what had, that had gone on for six and a half years until we had really the very dramatic developments of the past 48, 72 hours. Throughout this period, Tina's husband, Richard, has been interviewed on, on multiple occasions and has, has repeatedly uh, issued uh, appeals for, for information on her whereabouts. Tina, come home. Is nobody mad at you? My arms are open. The pets are missing you. I just can't go on not knowing. Even if you just ring the guards, let people know that you're right. Yeah, Richard did a number of different interviews in respect of his wife's disappearance. He essentially had explained, he said that he thought that Tina maybe needed a little bit of space for herself. He said in every single interview he was convinced that she was alive. He said that uh, his life was meaningless without her, that she was the light of his existence. Um, in one particularly emotional interview, he said that he was keeping every birthday present, every anniversary present and every Christmas present aside um, for her so that he could give them to her on her return. Um, in fact, when Mitchell Wood was being searched, 
um, in 2018. He went to the point of actually giving interviews not that far from where the search was ongoing to basically ask people to support Gardaí and saying that it was his hope and prayer that Tina would be found safe and well. Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, as, as you mentioned, this became an international search because she'd lived in England before and the UK police and the, the PSNI were in, involved it, it honed around the General East Cork area, as you say, down to, to Castle Martyr, a sea search. But, but ultimately, the breakthrough has come very locally indeed. It's interesting. I, I was doing a story about the search for Tina Satchwell last year. And one of the detectives involved in the investigation had said to me that, look, they were convinced that Tina never left Ireland. They were convinced that there wasn't a UK element to this and that the answers to her disappearance rested within the East Cork community. And those words certainly seem to be prophetic in terms of the developments of the last 48, 72 hours. Now, again, we do await uh, what the results of the forensic tests are in terms of the material found within the property. But certainly, Gardy believe that they, they are dealing with a very significant development in this long-running case. What sort of reaction have the developments this week garnered uh, locally? I think shock, um, dismay, probably mixed with a little bit of relief in, in terms of the fact that at least the family may be getting some answers. But I think mostly shock because Yall is a very tight-knit community. It's a very proud community, as almost every kind of port and seafaring community is. It's also the type of town that has gone through its share of hard times. And really, you could argue that it's a town that could do with you know, could do without this type of publicity. I mean, the town was very much left reeling last summer from the death of two athletes in the Ironman competition here in Yall. But it's a very resilient community. It's attempted to rebrand itself as a kind of a tourism destination, a staycation centre for, for Irish holidaymakers and also a water sports centre based around its fantastic beach and wonderful water facilities. But it's also a small and tight-knit community. And I think um, they're very much in shock that this story has taken the turn that it has. And every per- person that I've spoken to in y'all, first of all, they express their shock. And secondly, they're all saying that their thoughts and prayers are with Tina's family at this most difficult time. And my thanks to Ralph Regal, who joined us on the line live from y'all today. As we mentioned, we've covered this case previously on the podcast. Here's an excerpt from our March episode on the sixth anniversary of Tina Satchwell's disappearance. My colleague Kevin Doyle spoke to Ralph at the time. It was a particularly high profile case at the time and several times since it has come back into the media headlines. Why do you think that was? Because it might surprise some listeners that well, people go missing every day and every day the news desk in the Irish Independent will get press releases from Angarda Síochána making appeals for people who have gone, um, trying to find them and issuing pictures. And they get reported on, but they don't grasp the public imagination in the way that this case did. Yeah, I think there's a number of elements to it, Kevin. I think in a lot of those cases, there may be an underlying reason why the person has gone or the guardian may have a certain idea about what was involved. But I think this particular case is just absolutely baffling. Usually there's some kind of an indication as regards what happened to the person or, you know, what their intentions were. But there's absolutely nothing in this particular case. I mean, Tina had no passport. So Gardaí examined hundreds of hours of CCTV footage from ports and airports. 
thoughts in the belief that, well, maybe did she go back to the UK where she was originally resident from? Usually there might be someone who had seen the person um, after and they had left their home or whatever like that. That has not happened in this particular case. Or sometimes Gardy may also get some type of an electronic clue. It could be something to do with maybe use the use of a pass card, mobile phone, some type of a financial, electronic financial transaction. Nothing like that has happened in this particular case. So literally from when um, Richard Satchwell last saw his, his wife Tina in their property on March the 20th and she vanished, there is no indication of where she is or what happened to her. If you'd like to hear more background on this case, you can listen back to that full episode from the Indo-Daily Now. We'll link it in on the show notes. I'm Fionn Sheen, and today's episode was produced by Dee Reddy, researched by Dave Hanretty, with sound by Gav Hennessy. Archive clips from RTE Crime Call, RTE Morning Ireland, The Ray Darcy Show and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. And if you have been affected by any of the issues raised, you can get a list of helplines on the Irish Dependent website by searching Someone to Talk To. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.